All right, welcome back into the show. We're at Cavens on a Thursday. Top five stories today coming up here in just a bit. Big Bad Wolf off uh, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I hate when people try and take someone's NFL chances away because of a high school player that played well his senior year of high school. Let his time come before you sabotage someone's career. Is, is Big Mad Wolf listening to the right show today? I mean, we're not trying to move on from Bothroyd or Ethan Downs or Trace Ford. Maybe, maybe he's more referring to what Chava said. Hey, we got young guys here, and they're chomping at the bit. But these old guys are setting the tone, and he didn't use young and old. I don't think anyone's – no, let me rephrase that. Everybody's trying to see what uh, uh, P.J. Adebowale can do, right? I mean, they, there is excitement about that guy. What did Teddy call him and on the all-coin flip team, on the all-first guy off the bus team, right? It's the dude that you want out there representing you. But I think I think you're good. I, I don't think there is that strife. Is that even the term? But to me, Josh, that's fans. That's my biggest fight. I fight with you people. Whereas you just automatically move on from that dude you signed a year or two ago, and you're so ready to get them out of there and bring on this guy who hasn't done anything on the field yet. It, it's fine. But I just, you know, Josh Helmer, I'm kind of a believer in development. I think dudes can develop. Call me old-fashioned. Well, and you got to trust the coaching staff has an idea, right, of what they're doing, mm-hmm. which, uh, I mean, that's got to be a tough tightrope at times to walk is, is a young guy ready? I mean, typically, yeah. probably uh, coaching experience would lend them uh, to believe that, no, yeah, they're, they're not quite ready. Yeah, this is a good uh, – Hoover was on with us. Great conversation with John Hoover. If you missed it, it's up on the podcast page, kref.com, or search KREF, however you consume podcast. Guy writes, I felt Hoover's yard per carries was skewed. Remember John brought up that for the running backs, just the running backs, 3.85 yards per carry. But Guy adds, there was a couple of tackle for losses, and let's remember, three scoring runs that totaled – five yards fair enough paul paul in m-dub you gotta win your own games and worry about your own schedule this we need our opponents to be hired ranked is a defeatist mentality that stuff only matters if you have losses m-dub someone very hip gave you your name paul because paul's from midwest city And then finally there was this before we get to the top five stories of the day. As your favorite local Eagles fan, a reminder, Gannon's scheme for the Super Bowl is the only probable answer and cause that Kansas City had to play on the same field and they were just fine. Go Birds. In other words, don't blame the turf. Blame Jonathan Gannon's terrible defense for the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl last year. A measured, oh, I, a measured take. A measured take. Oh, this real, real quick, real quick. This is good. Five eight zero Nate. Because earlier in the show we played one of my favorite songs, Chris Stapleton, "Starting Over." Uh, "Starting Over," best themed song this week for Matt Rules. 
Kendall Bryles, Muleshoe, Joey Blue Blood McGuire, or Skip Bayless? Mm, that's a tough five to choose from. I think I'd have to eliminate Muleshoe just because they're 2-0. and Maybe Joey McGuire because of the missed kicks? I don't know. Who needs it more out of those five? Maybe Skip Bayless because he decided to ever leave ESPN and go on his own. That hasn't worked out so well. Yeah, but I think he's made a, a big bag of cash. He made a lot of money. I think he's doing all right. Hmm. He's probably not uh, – I mean, I say that, but he's all over my social media timeline. But I, I would probably say he's not as relevant, mm, right, right, as he was at I ESPN. Agree. So who would it be that needs to start over? Rule Bryles, Muleshoe, or McGuire? It's tough, right? That was not a smooth opener for Kendall Bryles in that TCU offense. No. Had a couple turnovers. I talked yesterday with one of their former offensive linemen who was really concerned about Chandler Morris. Okay, you know, Chandler Morris has been in college since 2020, and he's only started one game. So, you know, it's – Technically, a second start. I mean, he, I, two games, two games, sorry, two games. We'll see. All right, let's get to the top five stories today. We do it every single day, and it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. And, and, and here we go. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino. Online at NewcastleCasino.com. You know them. You love them. 14 table games. I-44, X-107. NewcastleCasino.com. Big story. Number five. Number five. From the world of yes, this is really true. According to a peer, P-E-E-R, according to a peer-reviewed study, this was done by UCLA researchers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. They found that perception can be influenced by the associations made between numbers and size through the brain's cognitive process. Now, what does that mean as far as football is concerned? The study basically says that smaller jersey numbers lead people to believe that it makes players look smaller. <laughs> why, why don't we waste any of our time on this for UCLA? And why did I put this in the top ten, our top five stories today? I'll tell you why. Because I cannot get enough of it. Some NFL wide receivers have said they look better when they wear low numbers compared to 80 and 89. Well, I guess this scientific research in that way backs it up. Uh, the study exposed subjects to images of different football jersey numbers to measure their perception of the person wearing it. The smaller the number, the more likely to subject uh, the subject was to perceive the player was slimmer. Interesting. I, okay. So I think defensive linemen... Time to there get you go. that single digit. 
I was always told I said smaller. I mean slimmer uh, when I earlier sold it. So does that mean that single digit numbers now join um, wearing black are even bigger clothes <laughs> to make you slimmer? Is that is that a fair way to look at this? It's got to. Yeah, <laughs> guess so. Oh, gosh. All right. Big story number four. Number four. All right. So, oh, my goodness. Did you just get the latest entry into the Ref Royal Rumble? I did, yes. How about that? A couple of uh, recent entries here. Toby Rowland going with Texas Tech as his upset? Wow, look at that, Tech Tina. Over Oregon? Look at that. Huh. I like your upset a lot. You do? I like it a lot. Is that the upset that you're picking? I actually am picking uh, Old Dominion. (laughs) Old Dominion is a home dog to Louisiana Lafayette. And I think Old Dominion's going to beat them. Also, uh, I mean... I felt pretty good that Wyoming was my second choice last week and they pulled it off. And we should have three points because how Georgia Tech blew that in the second half, I will never know. I will never, ever know. Where are we at? What number are we on? Four? Four. Big story number four. Kim Mulkey has agreed to an historic contract. Earlier this morning, a 10-year, $32 million contract which would make Mulkey the highest-paid coach in women's basketball history. It's also, Captain Obvious, the richest total contract in women's college history as well. That's that's too bad. So 10 more years of those lousy outfits. <laughs> Gino Ariema has won 11 NCAA titles. He had his contract extended. In May of 2021, that takes him through 2025. And that deal was for $15 million and was retroactive to 2020. It's estimated that he earned $3 million last year. Don Staley makes an estimated $3 million per season. Well, move aside for Kim Mulkey. Even though 10 years, $32 million, I mean, that's right around that same number. But the total value of the contract is much more than the 22.7 that Don Staley makes. And let's see. They don't have the total number here for Gino Ariema. It uh, looks like LSU is not going anywhere either. I mean, they went, went and got Anissa Morrow out of the transfer portal. Haley Van Lith is, a, I think, a star from Louisville. And obviously, uh, Angel Reese is back. They signed one of the, the top classes. So, they're going to be, if they're not, they're the favorite or one of them to go repeat. And uh, there's really no end in sight for LSU being or remaining dominant in women's basketball. So the contract makes sense. Is she larger in terms of the – is she the most recognizable figure now from a coaching standpoint in women's basketball more than Oriema, more than Don Staley? Yeah. I think just in the short term and the knee jerk, right? Because of the outfits and the craziness and the winning. I mean, winning. I, like I'm joking about the outfits, but I mean, obviously, she can coach some hoops now. She can flat out coach and recruit. 
All right, so big news on the women's basketball front. Very cool. Big story number three. Number three. Now, last Thursday night, we had ourselves some games in college football. Tonight, I can't believe this. Well, I, yes, I can. You're going up against the NFL. But just one game tonight, and it's on the ACC Network, and it's Murray State and Louisville. Louisville is a 43-and-a-half-point favorite. But, Josh, we do get at least one good game tomorrow night. Indiana State and Indiana play each other. i got to admit, I'm kind of pumped for Illinois and Kansas, right? Is Jane Daniels going to play? They, they set immediately after the Missouri State game, oh, yeah, he's going to play. I don't know about you. I worry a little bit about back injuries. How could you not? Yeah. Oh. And, uh, you know, Illinois coming off a little squeaker versus Toledo. Good. but they didn't look all that good. Nice season a year ago. I like that Altmeyer pickup for them out of the portal. So, yeah, it's a, it, that's an intriguing early taste this week of, okay, what is Illinois in the Big Ten uh, West and Kansas? Are they – who are they, right? I mean, is Kansas mm-hmm. a threat for Oklahoma on the road? Mm. Mm. Oh, by the way, Big Bad Wolf did jump in to clarify something. Talking about Jackson Arnold. Yeah, that's what he was talking about. I don't – maybe it's just me. Maybe I need to go play in the streets a la message boards a little bit more. But I haven't heard too many people like saying, oh, well, he needs to start over Dylan. I, I'm sure it's out there, but I just – I haven't. I haven't heard it too terribly much. So I hear what you're saying. Sorry, sorry, my bad, Big Bad Wolf. I will never doubt which show you're listening to. But there's your schedule for tonight. But obviously we all care about big story number two. Number two. It's back, baby. It's back. The National Football League makes its triumphant return tonight. All right, two two things Chiefs related. Number one, you don't want to see Travis Kelsey go tonight, right? Why risk it? Yeah, I just don't think it's necessary. Week one, nah. Number two, what did you make of that weird press conference? From Chris Jones yesterday. I don't know what to think about Chris Jones. What do you make of it? I I don't. Why do you care? I'm a Raiders fan. I hope he stays away forever. <laughs> right. I hope he says he's done with football. But did you hear how? I mean, he said opinions were like, you know what? Everyone's got him, and most of the time they stink. And he's entitled to feel that way because, look, uh, you know, for all the great things he's done in Kansas City, people just don't understand when these contract situations come up. Chris Jones is entitled to fight the good fight however he feels to fight it. And mm-hmm. he doesn't owe you anything as a fan. The guy's brought you multiple Super Bowls, and there's a lot of Chiefs fans that just want to turn on him and act like uh, he's the worst thing because of the way he's handled this. He could do business however he wants to do business. I will say, though, I think my favorite reaction to his – all, his whole take was, all I'm doing is asking for a raise. Though I got to admit, Josh, the myriad of, well, if I asked for a raise and I didn't go to work, I'd be fired. The amount of those cracked me up. I'm yeah, not going to lie. It's, go look at the comments. It's not the same ballpark. It's, <laughs> you know, we're not existing in the same world. And, oh, by the way, again, as uh, has been stated out there, he got money. He, he's, yeah, he's got he's the fine. leverage. He doesn't need to play if he wants he's, to. 
if, if he wants to use that leverage, hey, use the leverage. If I had a job and asked for a raise and I didn't go to work, I'd be fired. Yeah, well, you're also not considered the best defensive player in the NFL right now. And there's not tens of millions in your bank account. One of the greatest lessons I learned is this was me very early in my career. The big O, Jerry Strasky, told me, you got to stop comparing what happens in sports to your real life. It's just, it's a completely different planet, right? Because I'd say things like, oh, I'm supposed to worry about you and your $9 million contract while I'm making a minimum wage. And you're like, yeah, I, I, don't, I also don't have 80,000 people showing up to my games, nor am I basically having a car crash every single second of the game. But no, it's, it's funny. 7.20 tonight, 7.30-ish. Someone had asked earlier in my plan, because I don't have NBC right now, because apparently this has become the longest, most drawn-out fight between a cable, or at least in this case, DirecTV, and whoever owns in, uh, NBC. Because I still don't know why in the world you're keeping something from me that is free. It's free. Of all the things out there that we don't have to pay for, NBC is free. And yet you're blocking it out on my DirecTV? So uh, I have found out that I can still get it on the app. So I've, I've started using the NBC Sports app. So that's my plan for tonight. Is this that, uh, one of your favorite gripes of the last decade or so? Is dude. Being upset, being upset about your cable situation? I, I don't know. And, and here's the funny thing is I did realize how little I actually watch NBC by not having it. Like, oh, oh, that's right. I want to watch the I want to watch the race on Sundays, blacked out. I want to watch football, blacked out. I haven't missed NBC for its news or anything like that or its TV shows. This is in 1989 and the Cosby show is coming on. Probably not the best analogy to use now, but no, I love yeah, it's, I that, loved that show. That analogy, yeah, has unfortunately uh, aged poorly. You guys don't understand the brilliance of Dr. Heathcliff Hus- uh, Huxtable back in the day. Um, if you're a betting man, four and a half, how are you feeling? Chiefs, I, minus four and a half. Yeah, I like Kansas City to win and cover. Me too. NFL's underway tonight. We don't even have to talk about Chandler Jones, but we have another chapter in his wild saga. Not looking like he's going to be with the Raiders anytime soon. Big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Now we've spent a lot of time today looking at SMU. Uh, I wanted to get a little perspective from an expert. So Toby caught up with Rich Phillips. I want to share a couple of cuts from Rich, the play-by-play voice of the SMU Mustangs, on some things that caught his eye going into the uh, OU game on Saturday and from the opening game win over Louisiana Tech. Also, I haven't heard any updates outside of what Brent Venables gave us on the injuries, Drake Stoops, Davis Bevel. Um, oh, gosh, why am I blanking? Desan McCullough, those were the three. Kendall Dolby. So it, it seems as if Dolby, at the very least, is okay. I mean, no one's even asked about him. But for guys that we expect to play on Saturday – McCullough and Stoops, I think that'll be one of those where we'll be watching them go through warm-ups. But Coach V did say, R. Mason Thomas, Gavin Sawchuk, expected to be back on Saturday. 
What do we know about their opponent? We'll learn a little bit more about SMU next as we wrap up the top five stories today brought to you by Newcastle Casino on a Thursday with the Plank Show live from Cavens. Do you have any high school tonight, Josh? Little Edmund Memorial at Norman North Softball this evening. Nice. How? Uh, what's time of game like usually for those? Do they cook? Can they drag? What's it like? Uh, yeah, they usually are, you know, a couple hours, which okay. relative to some of the broadcasting uh, events we do, I mean, that's pretty quick. I agree. KRFSports.tv where we have all of our high school broadcasts. You can also follow us at krefsports.tv, and there is the full schedule right there. you got a Bixby Spartan softball broadcast today at 5.30. we got Edmond North and Yukon Volleyball tonight at 6. Westmore and Deer Creek in softball at 6.30. And, of course, Josh at that same time with Norman North and Edmond Memorial. KRFSports.tv. Football-wise, and I get chalked on Westmore. I get to go to my first high school football game tomorrow night, Josh. Pretty exciting. I appreciate everyone. You guys are the best. I'm just telling you right now. Um, Name cannot be blank, writes. Use a TV antenna, and you can watch regular TV. Let's see several others here. $30 over-the-air digital antenna from Walmart. Hit the LG remote for the input, and voila, free NBC. Get an antenna. Do a channel scan. Tune into KFR. Pick up NBC. Have you guys not paid attention? I'm not paying anything more. Nada. Zippo. Zilch. Not even for. And by the way, on an antenna, because there's no longer, it's no longer bunny ears, right? It's a different world now. It's like a digital box. I don't – it's it's a matter of how good that signal is where I am. It's pure HD, which is awesome. But I've tried this before out in beautiful scenic Goldsby, and I didn't necessarily get all the channels. Like in Tulsa, I think, you guys, KOTV is one of the strongest signals. Boy, we've really gone down a road here, haven't we? Eric and the OC just switched to YouTube TV. Nope, not doing it. Not doing it. Could be a Fubo guy. We'll see. All right, Josh, we have spent a lot of time today talking about what? Football. We just don't know. Yeah, we just don't know about SMU. We just don't know about SMU. Earlier this week, in fact, yesterday morning, you find the full interview on krefsports.com and search the podcast page. Toby Rowland and TJ Perry had Rich Phillips, Dallas radio legend, longtime play-by-play voice of the SMU Mustangs, and Toby started by asking him, what did we learn? What did you take away from week one? I don't know how much of a read you can get from that game one. Uh, SMU put up 31 first-half points, and they pretty much took their foot off the gas and decided they weren't putting anything on film in the second half for Oklahoma to look at. They were pretty vanilla after that. But it's your first game with your new starting quarterback, Preston Stone, who you just played that highlight from, who's taken over for the former Senator Tanner Mordecai. And, he did his job. He went about his business. He ran the team. He was in control. And uh, certainly for the first half, they looked like a pretty uh, well-oiled machine for game one. So it gives a lot of encouragement going forward from here. Yeah. Um, you heard him mention Preston Stone. Preston Stone, their starting quarterback. 
What makes him special? Well, the young man is, is kind of something we don't see these days in college athletics a lot because he's weighted. He was the highest-rated recruit in the program history for SMU after winning a couple of state titles in high school, and he sat for two years behind Mordecai and waited for his turn, uh, got one start last year because of injury, and then got hurt himself in that game after playing pretty well. Uh, but he's really level-headed. I got to talk to him last week before the game just to see where he's at because this is what he'd been waiting to do was to start a quarterback at SMU and was not overwhelmed by the situation. All the players really feel like he's in control too. As far as what style of player he is, really nice arm. He also can hurt you on the move, either running the football or running and throwing. He really has a lot of mobility in the pocket, something they didn't have for the last couple of years with Mordecai, that they're able to move him about a little bit. He's able to scramble and extend plays. So really has a chance to be an exciting quarterback for SMU. I think if Oklahoma is going to get to where it wants to be as a defense this year, Josh, this is a great challenge to have early on. I want to win every game 73-0, to but I don't think that's the reality. And I think they're going to play a lot better offenses as the season progresses. But with a guy like Preston Stone, some of the weapons he has, I, I, I like this as a challenge on Saturday. I'm intrigued to see what it looks like. Yeah, that's a nice little bit of information there that uh, Stone's been one of the, well, the highest-rated recruit, right, for uh, for SMU, at least in this uh, recruiting era, if you will. So it's uh, the turn of the century. So, yeah, I mean, kind of what we thought, which is talent, again, talented football team at SMU. And, and, you know, for SMU, when you think of the big picture, what's going on in college sports, Plank, this is Splash City, right? I mean, this is the oh, opportunity. Yeah. yeah, big time. You know, with uh, their move to the ACC, I, I kind of all of it you would categorize as a little bit weird. But then again, what's, what's mm. weird anymore in college sports, right? Cal, Stanford, SMU. But SMU more than even Cal and Stanford in a way is like, okay, well, do they belong to this group of five jump to the power five? And yet you've got this program, the Pony Express. It's, it's got a rich history, but that death sentence changed things for them. And yet you're making the jump, coming to the big leagues, if you will, next year. Uh, here's your chance to make a big splash. Hmm. I like that. I like that kind of challenge. And not only a challenge in what Stone's bringing the quarterback as a highly rated guy, but and give that some new credit. They've brought in some dudes from the transfer portal. Certainly at running back, it was uh, on Saturday with uh, Jalen Knighton, who came from Miami, where head coach Rhett Lashley was the offense coordinator for two years before coming back to the Hilltop. And then uh, L.J. Johnson, who was the number two back, he's an A&M transfer. He had the big run, 60-some yards late in the first half to kind of flip the field for a late touchdown before halftime. They uh, were a really nice combination, two different players, Knighton, more of the, the smaller, fast running back, Johnson a bit bigger and compounded up the middle. And then at wide receiver, you know, the, the first group are guys that, while a couple of them are, actually all three of them are transfers, they were transfers here prior to this season, uh, Jordan Curley, Jake Bailey's a slot receiver, and uh, Moochie Dixon, their other starting receiver. And then the backups are a lot of transfers, including the, the big 67-yard touchdown that went to Jordan Hudson, who uh, SME fans are kind of happy that they flipped him from TCU after last season to come nice. over to SME. There you go. Certainly. Oh, sorry, Rich. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> bad, bad. I have been a terrible audio editor this week, man. What in the world is going on? So do we think SMU's better than maybe we thought SMU was going to be? I saw a really good 
question brought up by one of the 8,000 Oklahoma Sooner podcasts. And it asked, who has the better team or what's the better challenge or bigger challenge for Oklahoma, 2022 Nebraska or 2023 SMU? I, I still would say at the time, 2022 Nebraska, man, we'd have been fooled by that first drive, hadn't we? Oh, my goodness. I, I wish I could have bottled that energy and that hope and that enthusiasm that was inside that stadium for that Nebraska pregame and Josh a, be able to share it with the world. Because there has never been a place that was more filled with hope and desire than when Mickey Joseph had taken over for Scott Frost and all was right in the world of Nebraska. Now, it lasted about one drive, but still. (laughs) Dude, it was crazy. Every time they would show, I mean, there were, I don't know what capacity is off the top of my head, at Nebraska. Like seventy thousand, maybe. Every time they would show that man on the, the the big screen on the jumbotron, place would go crazy, crazy. How? Uh, and then the bell rang. How long have you been broadcasting OU football in some capacity? This is eleven. Was my first season. Okay, and that would have been the trip to to Doak. That was the trip to Florida State, right? In terms of road wins that we thought were one thing and turned out to be another, I mean, those would be the top two, right? Florida State, right. Nebraska. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, I you guess say Tennessee, road, win, too. road wins that you thought were going to be a big deal that maybe didn't end up being that big of a deal. <laughs> right. But <laughs> Tennessee, I think, is in a different category, though, because 15, you wound up uh, having a great season. That's a good point. Okay, I see what's more from the Oklahoma side of things. A, a little Correct. bit of all of it, but yeah, mm. uh, you know, ultimately, I guess, on the Oklahoma side of things. Everything coming out of that Nebraska game for Oklahoma last year was, we're not going anywhere. What's the scene from Wolf of Wall Street? I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving. <laughs> Stuart Mandel was apologizing Everyone was saying Oklahoma wasn't going anywhere. We saw what happened. I would say, to get back to the original point, I think this is a more challenging offense. I think what SMU is bringing into town has a little bit more firepower than what we saw from Nebraska last year. And who knows? They might be an all-around better football team. Yeah, true. Very true. All right, ele- whoa, 1138. We got a break. When we come back, the best of the text line. And then um, final thoughts, courtesy of Primrose Funeral Home, right here on The Wrap. I wasn't even close, Josh. 92,000 in Nebraska. Thank you, Shark. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Shout out, Chapstick. Life's good, baby. Let's go. Dude, you see this text in the 539? Because I've been complaining so much about my non-carriage. Carriage? Is that the term? I don't have NBC right now. I'm a DirecTV subscriber, and I bet I pay less than you do for all of your different 
ways that you cut cable. Well, guess what? I cut cable. Got YouTube TV, and I had a Netflix, and I got this little thing over here for Prime Video. I had to get Peacock Plus to make sure I get all the Notre Dame games, and I, I added ESPN Plus too, so I got Hulu as well. <laughs> it adds up. But this guy from the 539 said, you can build your own over-the-air antenna for way less than $30, and it just requires coat hangers, some screws, washers, and a one-by-four board. Dude, I am in. I'm doing this. I'm doing it. Let's see if it works. I, I have all that stuff. <laughs> Trust me. Y'all need some wood? I got like two-by-fours galore. Don't know what they're for, but they're all over my garage. And with, so I got that, a one-by-four. With 15 minutes of your YouTube watching, <laughs> we can get you watching NBC today. Oh, my goodness. That's great. That's great. Okay. Back. Sports. Sports show. Sports. Kniffle Myers Chevrolet, 405-651-3439. Uh, Brooke writes, of course I want Texas to lose to Alabama. They need to lose to both Crimson teams, and they can win the rest and meet us in the Big 12 championship game. That's my ideal ending. Is there a least desirable ending for Brett Yormark in the Big 12 than Oklahoma and Texas in the title game, Josh? No, that's a nightmare scenario. Is is there a least wanted outcome? 918 writes, how many offensive holding penalties did Arkansas State have last Saturday? Teams versus OU had only a few. Offensive holding calls total all season. Well, what's the stat? Like one in conference play? Travis will quickly correct me on this one. Might have been like two. I don't – I honestly – I remember every mistake that Arkansas State made where they had penalties seemingly being on defense. That's right. They, they couldn't defend the sooner receivers, so they would run into them. They got caught on, a what, a couple face masks? But I don't. It's a good question, worth keeping tabs on this year. Could you imagine if we get through the fourth game and there still hasn't been a holding call? By the way, I don't think the crew this weekend was a Big Twelve crew. I don't think it was. I'll have to double check. I wasn't familiar with any of those people that were officiating the game. Mustang Casey writes to get take us full circle, Casey, back to the start of the show. I have no problem pulling for Texas in the right situations especially when they are playing the Payne County Community College. I assume that would be Oklahoma State, maybe. Um, oh, Mike from Ardmore. Will you all be doing a remote in Ardmore for the OU Texas game this weekend, or this year? Mike, it is my understanding that, for me, it's the same setup. I think we're going back to Ardmore on Friday, and I, then I think the rest of the crew is out, what, at the watch party or at the uh, OU club of, is it Fort Worth or Dallas, the party they have? I, I've never invited to the party. But I think we're going back to Ardmore this year, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that the buzz, Josh, or am I just dreaming that up? I think that's the buzz. Good question here from Oki Zinn. 
Chris Pure Sports Planket survey time. When the autumn wind starts blowing, can Jimmy G stay committed to excellence and healthy for a full season? Uh, no. I hate that I'm so down, dude. I'm, I'm, you take this back to last year. I was hyped up. I, I thought that this team had a legit chance. I just didn't realize how terrible, how terrible at coaching anyone not named Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels is. Don't worry. Caleb Williams is right around the corner. Well, I'm not Drake May either, dude. I watch a lot. I'm watching Drake May. Because of how good it seems Arizona is at tanking right now, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Drake May. Uh, and then Brad in Bartlesville. A couple of quick SMU thoughts here. Per Teddy, SMU had a really good first string O-line. However, the second string is bad. Thinking we can wear them out? Might be close at the start, but dominate the second half. Yeah, I think the, the idea is that. They're really good at guard, center, and guard, left, right, and center. But their tackles aren't all that great, and then it really deteriorates as you get through their depth. Patrick? They have good team speed, and their quarterback throws a really good deep ball and likes to throw it a lot, which should make things interesting for our secondary. Okay. And then I get this about once a week, Lloyd. This is a good question. Just think what Brent Venables could have done with Isaiah Thomas if he would have stayed another year. You know who I actually think could have benefited the most? Brian Asamoah. I think... Now, I, it might have been a little bit tougher because it was very structured, much different world. But when I think about the guys that I wish would have stayed around for another year, IT is one. I think Asamoah is 1A. But I think, I think things are working out for Asamoah okay in Minnesota. I think things are working out pretty well for Benito and Denver. Things are okay for IT. But you're right. If you think about last year, I don't know what kind of difference it might have made in the season, but, you know. Uh, oh, and then Big Dog, just on a clarification. I might have missed it earlier. When, where is Tulsa Day? Uh, for now, we don't have a site yet for Tulsa Day. Uh, our show, and I think Steelman, do you know, are you anywhere on Tulsa Day yet? Do you know? Oh, Parker's going to be there? Okay. We don't. I don't know if we have our location yet confirmed, but 6A, 6P, we plan on being in Tulsa next Friday. That's the plan. Tommy Yardy, I'm just saying. I know you got to... Got a Margaritaville over there. I think it'd be a good place for Parker Thune and I to spend about five hours together on a Friday. All right, quick break. When we come back, it's it's the final thought. It's the end. And we'll bring it to you right here on The Ref. All right, you got a couple of stories here, Josh, for you for final thoughts, which are brought to you by Primrose Funeral Service, prepaid memorial plans that protect your loved ones, from hard financial and emotional discussions. No one wants to talk about it, but you need to. 405-321-6000 or primrosefuneralservices.com. Again, our highlights today. Uh, tomorrow, all in on just three full hours of Sooner Talk, the college football weekend. We're going to do a lot of Texas-Alabama tomorrow. Do a lot of the Big 12 schedule tomorrow. Uh, a lot of Brent Venables tomorrow. Plus, Lee Sterling will be back, and we're on the road for an OEC Fiber Football Friday. But a lot of Chiefs recap, Josh. KC, Detroit tonight. So, uh, 
30 I think I'm flip-flopping again, so I don't think I get to hang tomorrow with you. Do they not even ask me on these? No, you have you and huh. you and I really don't have much input. What if I said no? I was like, no, I can't. Not doing it. Can't win. Can't do it. Can't win with them. Um, all right. Well, then on Monday we'll be able to talk about it. Indeed. <laughs> Just the second time was like a little heads up. It'd be nice. Difference there was the Brent Venables presser. Well, part of that's probably my fault. So nah, sorry about it's all that. good. I you know me. I couldn't care less. It's all good. I'll just miss hanging with you tomorrow. Um, here's two stories for you. You ready? I'm ready. Final thoughts. Primrose Funeral Home, Dateline, New York. I guess this would technically be uh, just outside New York, where Bill Belichick and his longtime girlfriend are splitting up. Done, so done. Linda Holiday is her name. And apparently, there is some concerns because, well, number one, uh, sh- she is fond of the Nantucket home where she spends a lot of time. Number two, she is the head of the Bill Belichick Foundation. But number three, and most importantly, Josh, she apparently has a history of oversharing on social media. 2021. She made headlines for criticizing Tom Brady during his time with the Bucks, and has also criticized Patriots management. New England, needless to say, is a little bit worried about how she might handle the breakup. Holiday, nor any reps for Belichick or the Patriots, responded to page six in a request for comments. And then finally, Dateline. Mexico City. Approximately 11,000 runners at this year's Mexico City Marathon have been disqualified after being found to have cut the course at some point during the 26-mile race. Oh, my goodness. The disqualified runners represented more than a third of the 30,000-person field. Wow. The race organizer said in a statement that they will continue to identify and disqualify runners who skipped sections of the race. I mean, Josh, if that many people screwed up, don't you look at it and say that might be a wee problem? Indeed. <laughs> Enjoy the game tonight. Final thoughts brought to you by Primrose Funeral Service. Steel Man is next.